stand up. My mentality is rough, who's the baddest? Make it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Cause I made it, one quarter through life. My mentality uh. is rough, who's the baddest? Make it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Cause I made it, one quarter Let's through life. My mentality is rough, who's the baddest? Make it like the good, the bad, Welcome to the NC17 Sports Podcast. This is where two lifelong friends get together to discuss and argue sports, their lifelong passion. They don't always agree, and when that happens, it's raw and unfiltered. Here are your co-hosts, Amar and Haas. I'm not a preacher's son that will recycle Bible quotes until Jesus come back eventually. What's going on, everybody? This is Amar. Hey, hey, hey. It's Haas. How are you? So what's up, Haas? Not much, man. How you doing, Amar? All right, just got my cup of coffee, ready to go. All right, I got my cup of nothing, but I'm ready to flow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, listen, Haas, I've been uh, noticing, you know, especially in baseball, that um, there are a lot of young kids, they're 20 years old, 21 years old, and uh, they're raking already in uh, in baseball. What's going on? Well, I don't think it's just baseball. I think what I've seen on a widespread basis is, some of these football guys, kids coming out, are making an instant impact. Basketball, I mean, basketball's always been an instant impact kind of sport. If you're a great rookie, you're going to be a great rookie. Right, but yeah, because they come out of school, like, you know, when they're only two years old. What's the, what's the minimum, two years? Or one uh, year? For NBA, uh, you have to go yeah. one year. One year, see, yeah. One year so, college. Right. So, you know, uh, uh, my feeling is that, you know, a lot of these guys, there's, if you look around now, there's so many more camps going on, so many more leagues, so many more, uh, facilities out there for the young kids to grow, develop, and really hone their craft. And it seems like, and it seems like a lot of these guys are not just specializing anymore, uh, like they were doing a few years back. Now it seems like they're playing every sport, so much so that, uh, during the NFL draft, the announcer said, or I've read the statistic too somewhere. About eighty percent of the guys who went in the first round, they played multi sports in high school. Not just football, they played other sports as well. They were stars. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of that, no doubt. I mean the more the more sports you play, the more your body is more different or flexible in different areas and uh you're just gonna be a better all around athlete. I believe that. And you can, you know, stronger, faster, bigger, all that stuff. Exercise science has come a long way. Yeah, using so, your muscles in different ways because different sports use different muscles, you know. And don't forget, a lot of these days, people, you know, have trainers and things like that. I'm, I'm sure some of the wealthier parents get trainers for their kids. And I mean, not just trainers, you get coaches, you get private tutoring and all that. Right. Stuff. You know, with the money comes more help and everything and it just seems like if, if you even look on instagram and all these other places like uh you see all these fitness guys or gals that are making so much money or not money but at least have a lot of fans and a lot of support um behind their product well and their yeah sorry well you know i brought up baseball because this is new to baseball uh because the teams want to control their players for five six years i think service time is they could make up to six years you know how they uh, bring up the players a little bit later on mm-hmm. in, the, in the season, like uh, to so save money. The clocks, to save money, and it's smart. 
you know, but now, these days, this year, I've noticed, especially with the Atlanta Braves, for example, Acuna Jr., and who's the other guy, uh, what's that guy's name? What's the guy's name? Albies or whatever the right. <laughs> let me get let me get his name. Go ahead. Let me get the guy. Yeah, and yeah, Albies. Albies. Ozano Albies. Yeah, and you know, to be honest, uh my feeling is a lot of these guys are coming out, they're playing all the time, they have all the facilities to do so, um, they have excellent coaching. And a lot of these teams, uh, they're noticing that the trend is towards developing players. They're going into places like Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, places that, well, Puerto Rico is not really underdeveloped, but Dominican Republic is sort of under, underdeveloped. It's a, it could be a third world country. Yeah, um, it's a hotbed for baseball, basically. That's all they have. That's their outlet, baseball. It's their ticket out. It's their it's ticket, their ticket out. out. Yeah, exactly. It's out of poverty. I mean, I remember back in the day when we used to watch Rafael Santana and a bunch of other, you know, Dominican athletes or shortstops and players. I mean, shortstops were uh, all from Dominican Republic when we were growing up. And from what I heard, they used to use, they, they, they couldn't wear sneak, they wear shoeless or sneakerless because they couldn't afford it. And a lot of times they used milk cartons. Milk cartons for gloves. For gloves. Right. You know, just think about that. I mean, that's how, you know, impoverished that country was at exactly. the time. But a lot of these guys come out and, you know, so that, like you said, this is their ticket out and, uh, you know, they do whatever they can to make sure they're out. Anyway, listen, we talked about that. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Speaking of the young guys and all that stuff, we started off our last episode, our last podcast with, um, you know, Sam Darnold going to the Jets, which was awesome, amazing. What do you think about the rest of the Jets draft? Rest of the draft, well, you know, they're, uh, they had a pick in round three. Uh, they picked Nathan Shepard, the defensive tackle from Fort Hay State. Yeah, you can say that again. Where? Fort yeah, Hay State. Huh? Yeah. Number seven, 72 overall. Now, I don't have no idea who this guy is. I'm sure most of the people out there have no idea who this guy is. But the guy is six foot four, 315 pounds. And he was double teamed, you know. I'm just, you know, telling you what I've heard because I've never seen the guy play. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, he was going against, you know, inferior competition. So who knows how this guy's going to be. But one thing I like about this guy is this guy was, you know, was poor. He had financial issues that forced him to take two years off from college football. And he never gave up. He took some odd jobs and finished college. So I like that chip on his shoulder. You know, it reminds me of uh, Snacks Harrison. Oh, yeah. A similar situation. That's right. He He's a giant now. Well. Giants picked him up, and what a great pickup for those. I mean, he was yeah. so good that they were like, you know what? See you later, Jason. He, came, he, was, he was undrafted. He was undrafted, though, and he came from a small school as well that nobody heard of. But he had that, you know, that determination, that heart, that chip on his shoulder, and kept it. And look where he is now. So I'm just hoping for Jet fans out there, like you and I, that this guy becomes, you know, half of the player, you know, Snacks was. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, this guy, I, I was listening to McCagnan. He was on ESPN yesterday on the radio. Yeah, I was listening to him, and he was talking yeah. about how, you know, it, it kind of works towards your benefit, to, to your benefit. When it's a school like Fort Hay State, it's not an SEC or Big 12 or, yeah. you know, ACC or anything like that, the conference, those big football conferences, right? 
or Big Ten or whatever. It's Big Twelve or fifty or whatever. How many people teams? It's not even yeah, Big Ten I have, anymore. I have no it's idea. Stupid. Fucking <laughs> change the names of your conferences, all right? If you're gonna put numbers there, put the real numbers of your teams. Anyway. Uh, we're not going to change that, so we could, you know, argue yeah, about it until we're blue in the face. Who cares? It's yeah. stupid. NCAA is stupid. Anyway, um, Nathan Shepard, he comes from Fort Hay State. It, it, it's a small college uh, out in the middle of the U.S. in Kansas, I believe. I have and, no idea. And uh, he, the thing about him is when you're at a school like that, McCagney was saying, you don't get noticed as much. And when you don't get noticed, not. it could be it could be something great because then you could pick them up in the third, fourth, fifth round, and people be like, "Huh, what?" Kind of like what we, you and I are saying. But they did their scouting reports on him. They did everything. They extensively looked at him, and they feel that he has a motor on him, which is, seems to be like a a big you know buzzword these days. Oh, he has a motor on him, and he's huge. The guy and is he's huge. huge. He's six four three fifteen. That is yeah. large and in charge. <laughs> right. So you know, and plus you know, uh, uh, McCagnan, uh his roots are in scouting. So let's hope it works out. Yeah, I hope it, hopefully it does. Um, I mean, he didn't do too great with Hackenberg, but you know. Oh yeah, yeah you're right about that. Oh, so, God. I don't know. God I mean, but second round again, pick for God's sake, fucking shit. <laughs> he said, uh, McCagney's like risk to reward. You know, it's little risk, uh, a lot of reward. And I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, and it's a position where if you do have that motor, if you do, you don't, if you don't give up like Snacks Harrison, guess what? You have yourself, you know, uh, a gem over here. So let's see what happens. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fourth round, they picked up a tight end, Chris Herndon. He's more of an athlete. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. He blew out his MCL last year, and he was out. Um, on, he had sur- season-ending surgery on his left knee. Yeah. So, but he's he's like a smooth route runner, man. They said he, he, the way he runs. I, I've seen him play a few games, and I heard his name, but then you know he went down. But he could. He, he's he's an athlete out there, man. He could be a beast, and he could catch yeah. the ball. He's a flex kind of tight end, you know. Yeah, which uh, which is great if he's healthy. That's the that's the only question mark. Will he be healthy? You know. Right. Coming off that injury, you know, it's a serious injury, MCL. MCL, ACL, all those are, but, you know, like uh, exercise science and uh, medicine and everything like that and surgeries have made it, you know, much more easier than years past to come back from all this. And then in the sixth round, they picked up a Parry Nickerson, who's a Mattitulian cornerback. So, I mean, yeah, we need secondary help here and there, but, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with them. Another guy who will give you – so they had three six-round picks. Um, another defensive tackle they took was from out of UConn, Paul Aronso Fatukasi. Fatukasi. Yeah. From Connecticut. From Connecticut, yeah. So the, he seems like he, another uh, one of those guys. He's like an alpha leader. He, he's one of those guys. He has a great work ethic. Uh, he goes through the blockers. Again, UConn isn't in – like the best uh, football conference out there and everything. So by New York being where they are, the Jets being where they are, they have uh, close access to Connecticut games. And, I mean, these days everybody has access, right? Of course. Yeah, I mean, Internet and all that stuff and cable TV and all. Yeah, you know, short exactly. Bridge. But, um, you know, they have instant access. They're right there. They can see this guy. He's in their backyard. UConn and Rutgers football are the two main, you know, college programs in the in the, uh, the tri-state area. Um, so, you know, they they they're familiar with them. I'm not, so I can't say much about it. 
Well, quickly, round it off. Round six, uh, number 204 was Trenton Cannon. 5'10", 185. So he's built like a running back. He had a 4'440". He had a 38.5-inch vertical and a 10-foot-9-inch broad jump. All awesome athlete numbers. I mean, fullbacks don't do that. Okay, this is all the picks they had? That's all the picks that they had, yeah. That's all the picks that they had. Um, you know, they did a pretty darn good job. I think well, when you look at the Giants, though, on the other hand, and I'll be really quick about this. Saquon Barkley, that was a big, big pickup. Big pickup. OBJ comes up and says uh, Saquon Barkley's jersey is going to be the number one selling jersey in the NFL. Watch it. And within a day, overnight, his his uh, rookie jersey, I mean, his of all the rookies, not his rookie jersey, but of all the rookies, his jersey sold the fastest and not most. Yeah, well, it's a safe pick. He's going to be a great player. So, I mean, uh, they went with the running back. They went for the short-term and not the long-term plan. They see Peyton, uh, not the, uh, the brother, Eli Manning, to be there for the next three years at least. So this is their window. They're trying to cash in right here in the three well, years. And if that's the plan, that's their structure, then I applaud them for taking, uh, say, Quan Barkley because they should have an explosive offense. Yeah, and I mean, you said, uh, you know, Eli Manning, and I'm going to be really quick about this because we need to move along yep. to our next subject because uh, our time's up on this. But they picked up Will Hernandez, second overall in the second round from out of UTEP, an offensive guard. So now yep. they have a left tackle and Nate Solder from the Patriots, solid pickup in the offseason, and now they have this offensive lineman. So they're shoring up their line. And that's what their biggest glaring uh, problem on offense was, other than all the injuries they suffered to wide receiver last year. So, they did a good job. They filled they filled the needs. They did a good job. They did a darn good job. First yes. year for the new GM for them, and he's they did a good job. He came in and did a great job. All right, man, let's go to your favorite favorite playoffs of currently going on, and that's the NHL. NHL playoffs, yeah. Right now, actually, there's a game on Pittsburgh Capitals. And I, I believe Penguins are up two to one in this game with about less than four minutes left. Yeah, three fifty-three uh, left in the third, two one. Yeah, Penguins. caps caps through the series two one, and uh, this is a must win, I believe, for the Penguins to hold on because you can't go down three one and expect to win three games in a row. It's just not happening. And um, a great series so far, man. I mean, uh, the Penguins this year. This is the third straight year they're facing off against each other. And um, last year, Penguins won in seven games. And in uh, 2016, Penguins won the series in six games. This is a huge series for Ovechkin's, uh, Ovechkin and the, and the Capitals. They have to come out somehow of this series. And really, they've been the better teams overall so far. Game one, Capitals had a 2 nothing lead in the third period. And they, you know, Penguins scored three goals in the third period. Boom, boom, boom. And, and they lose that fucking game. And uh, so, let's see what happens. Uh, you got Tampa Bay. You got Tampa Bay leading the series against Boston Bruins, two games to one. They had a dominant performance uh, last night. You got the other series, uh, Predators against the Jets. Winnipeg up 2-1. Yeah, and I told you before, crazy. man, Winnipeg is damn good. Yeah, they Winnipeg are. is damn good. And then you got the Golden Knights against Sharks. Uh, that series is tied up. Two apiece. Yeah, last night the Sharks laid out a goose egg on Vegas for nothing. So that's yeah, a, that's a Sharks, domination. Sharks, yeah, Sharks came back pretty good. I mean, they're surprising me. They're playing very well. And tonight, actually, tonight is game four between Predators and Jets. And yep. I guess another must win. Predators have to win this one. You don't want to go down 3 1. 
You don't want to go down 3-1. No one going to like to go down 3-1. Oh, yeah. LeBron James against Golden <laughs> State two years and ago. But. That doesn't happen often. You, you know, winning three games in a row against a good team, it's... Or the Cubs versus Cleveland breaks. Indians. Or the, uh, I mean, I, the list goes on and on. Or the Yankees-Boston Red Sox back in 2004 when the uh, Red Sox won their first title. But the, uh, you know, the Capitals, uh, they lost their, their guy, Tom Wilson. He got suspended for three games. For three games, yeah, yeah. Yeah, three games. Yeah, and, you know, hit. and the thing is, it was a dart, really shitty hit because, you know what, in the playoffs, a lot of stuff goes. It's really physical. It is so physical. I mean, yeah, you don't have many fights because you want to save, you know, just you, know, you want to stay, stay on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this was such a nasty hit that, you know, three games was warranted. I mean, I think. And I mean, wasn't. Did you, see, Go ahead. did you see the hit? Yeah, I saw the hit, of course I saw the hit, but if you look at it in real time, you really can't tell if he got hit in the head or not. It's only when you slow it down, because uh, then you can see, because it wasn't called a penalty even on the ice. It was, mm -hmm. you know, it was let go. Because it's so fast, and you know how in football too, I, 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 I give you an example like in, as in football, same thing. You know, when the uh, defensive back, you know, hits the uh, receiver, a lot of times they hit him in the shoulder. But it appears that, you know, once the head goes back of the receiver, the referees in, in football automatically call it uh, a flag. Like yeah. it was an illegal hit, you know. So those, those, those plays are very tricky unless you see a replay sometimes. It's very hard to, uh, you know, to actually see. I, I, I'm going to tell you, the referees have just as great reflexes and eyesight as goalies or other highly reflexive athletes out there. Because you know what, honestly, to be able to – even in basketball, and baseball is the easiest. That's why you got these fat ass umpires. Yeah. So you look at NFL, you look at, uh, and you look at hockey, you look at football, you look at basketball. It, the speed of the game is just absolutely uh, at yeah, another level. Very fast. Yeah. And just to keep up with that, you just got to make sure that and there's a lot of uh, chicanery or like people faking it going on. Oh like yeah, flopping. diving, flopping, exactly. Both in basketball and in and in the uh, NHL, exactly. One last note to wrap up the NHL. Just heard now, Bill Torrey, the great general manager, the great architect of those great New York Islander teams in the '80s who won four cups in a row, just passed away at the age of 83. Uh, oh, he lived a good broke. life, man. He lived a good yeah. life. And the news just broke about a half an hour ago. You know, the New York Islanders hold a record, winning 19 consecutive postseason series. Wow. No team has, uh, ha has ever done that. I don't think it's going to happen again. I, I honestly don't see it happening again unless, you know, you stack up an all-star team and – you know, go from there, but it, it, that's nuts. That's unbelievable a, record, yeah, unbelievable record. That was a bossy era, right? Oh, yeah, bossy, Trache, Potvin, uh, Bill Smith, the goalie. Yes. Yep, Billy Smith was the man. All right, man, so on to the next one and the NBA playoffs. How about how about the NBA? How about Cleveland Cavaliers I, you know, and Toronto Raptors? Here's this, the deal. Is, this is shocking to me. It's not. Raptors suck. <laughs> the Raptors fucking stick to hockey camera. No, but did you did you really think Cleveland would have pulled out two games on the road? I really thought that Toronto would get their asses kicked, regardless of where they play. I don't think I don't respect Toronto. They are a regular season fucking tiger, and then come in the playoffs, they just fizzle. They're Canada. 
They fucking hockey. They don't play basketball up there. Stop. Expand <laughs> to somewhere else. Fucking send that team back down. Vancouver doesn't have a team anymore because Canada, you're good for hockey and that's it. And curling. What the fuck is curling? No, bro. I understand. I understand everything you're saying about Toronto and the history of choking and all that. But man, this is pathetic. Uh, I mean, Cleveland played a seven game series, right? They had short rest. They played a game on Sunday afternoon. And they came, they turned around and, and played Tuesday, and they they beat him in that thrill, thriller game, right? What was the score? 114 to 113? Yep. 113, 112. 113, 112. It was a one-point game. Right. And then tonight, they just got their doors, uh, doors blown off. What the fuck? And the thing is, Cleveland was down the entire first game. The entire first game, only to come back and beat them. And I wanted to see how Cleveland, uh, Toronto would respond to this. Toronto responded like any Canadian would do. Okay, beat me. <laughs> oh my god. They, they didn't do anything. I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> they, they didn't do anything. They were like oh, so passive on. about it. You gotta come back and bounce back from something like that. If you don't bounce back, I, I don't give these guys any, any credit at all. I, I do not believe, the series is over. Let's just, I'm not even gonna watch this anymore. It's frustrating to watch, you know, Cleveland, LeBron and his Cavaliers doing what they're doing. And the thing is, Enough of this talk about greatest of all time, GOAT, calling LeBron a GOAT. He's greatest of his generation. He's no GOAT. Jordan did not leave Chicago Bulls. They built a team around him. He took pay cut after pay cut so you could pay the other players. LeBron, and taking my talent to South Yeah, me. but I have to disagree there, man. I mean, he ain't no goat. Michael, Michael Jordan had more talent around him than LeBron James. LeBron James carried Cleveland when he was, what, was it, what, when was it 10 years ago? When they were a shitty team? Nobody on that He's fucking the team at all. Took him, to him to the finals. He's the best of his generation. Best of his generation. The best of his peers. He is not the greatest of all time. That's my argument. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about his if you generation. Look at, if you look at overall player, I'm not just, I'm not talking about, you know, the scoring. I'm not talking about the rings. If you talk about rings, well, Bill Russell got what, 10? Bill Russell got 10. Yes. Yeah. Do you consider him the greatest of all time? At his position? No. So that's what I mean. That's a very it's good a point. Team, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. You go to the NBA championship. You only had Scottie Pippen. Who else did you have stars? Forget Tony Kukoc. He came around the second time. They won three. But when he had Scottie Pippen, and who else did they have? Ho Grant? Steve Kerr? The Grant was pretty good. Grant, 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 Grant was a solid player, bro. Grant was a solid player. He did what? And then, and then they got Thomas. Dennis Rodman. And then they got Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman came around and, the they, and, generation. They, had, and they had Kerr, yeah, who was but, a three-point shooter. The names that you're talking about right now, you know who made those names what they are? Jordan, okay? Yeah. Jordan okay, but, okay, okay. Has LeBron James ever had a player like Pippen by his side? Kyrie All Irving player. and Kevin All Love. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving? Kevin Love is just a, Kevin Love is a okay. piece of shit. Let me just he say something. That motherfucker is making $42 million. Dollars. 30, Twenty-two million dollars. Uh, oh yeah, tonight. Uh, over the whole, over the whole playoffs, he was averaging freaking eleven points per game. He, he, you know what? He sucks. He sucks. I, I agree. But you know what? He's better than anything other than Pippen that uh, Chicago had. Okay, but number I one, don't know number about two, that. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was a bad defensive player, but he's one of the best, if not the best. Handling point guard out there. Yes, he got, but he was when he went down. When he went down, the Golden State ended up mopping up the floor with the Cavs. 
He played a full playoff series against them. And he's the one, ironically enough, if it wasn't for his three-pointer over Curry, they would not be winning the game seven. They wouldn't. Be. I agree with that. You need help. Listen, this is my point. You need a whole team around you. But I just think that LeBron has done more with the pieces that have been, that have been around him. Forget about the Miami, the Miami team. Okay, then you can say the same thing about you can say the same thing about the great Los Angeles Lakers teams. That was a great freaking team. That team was stacked too. Yeah, so Michael, uh, Magic team, Johnson, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Cooper, James Worthy, uh, Scott Worthy. Yes, yes. But you have to understand this. You have to remember this though. Those teams were built from the draft. They did not have people coming in like Durant, like a little bitch goes from fucking Oklahoma right. City up to Golden State. People right. ask me that one time, what do you feel about him? He's a fucking snake. Like, why do you do that? <laughs> but the thing is, you know who opened the gate? You know who opened the floor Yeah, gate? LeBron did. It was yeah. LeBron. So, you know, one of my friends, Harold, he talks about how much he loves LeBron. Like, fuck you. Good for you. I, I'm really happy that you love LeBron. You know, go suck on his cock. No, the thing I'm going to say is, fucking LeBron, the way he is, you know, he, he's awesome player. Like, best of his generation. But he had to buy himself and go to this, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Three Hall of Famers right there you're looking at, right? Him included. So... You know, you have to go buy yourself a championship. You have to go there. Yes, I gave, I called him LaBitch, LaBitch James for the longest time. He went back to Cleveland and he won a championship with them. Yeah. And he, did the right, and he brought it to them and I respect him from now. And I still respect his game. He's not the greatest of all time. Jordan transcended the game. Jordan went to the championship six times. He went, came out six and oh. And he won the MVP six times. You know what, who else was on those teams and whoever he played with? He prevented so many Hall of Famers from getting championships. Ewing included. I talked about this in our first yeah, podcast. That's true. Malone. All these guys. Carl Malone. Yeah, uh, I agree. Stockton, yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley. You know, because of Jordan being in there, Clyde Drexler, if he hadn't joined Houston, he would have never had a championship because Mr. Jordan presented Sean Kemp, Gary Payne, Nate McMillan, Seattle Supersonics, 94, or was it 95? I know. Sorry, 95. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I get all of that. But you know what? Let's end this debate here because this, this debate could go on forever and ever and ever. And, and uh, you know, I'm right. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I have my point. I gave the points, you know, that I felt, you know, and you gave your points. So and I agree. We'll he's the that. best player of his generation doing the same things he's doing. And, you know, he's doing it in a soft C league. You know, back you in know, the, that's true. Back in back in when Jordan was playing, you had the bad boys of Detroit. Not Riley yeah. Knicks led teams. Those were the black and blue Knicks. I mean, you had so many. Oh, yeah. Physical, I know that about it. it teams. So I, I don't want to even. Game you can't then. compare the generations. You can't. You, cannot, you want to talk about players? Look at what Russell Westbrook with his triple-double average for two times, two years in a row. He's done a triple-double average. No one's ever done that in the history of the NBA. So, Let's not talk about goats right now. Just let's not because yeah. LeBron doesn't fit in. Next, so let's go out to the you next. You can't say LeBron doesn't fit in. I mean, he's in the discussion for sure. You can't say he doesn't fit in. I mean, he's not no even, like Tony Kukoc or something like that. He's in the he's in the discussion. He's in the discussion. Yeah, he in the lower he, tier. <laughs> and the guys that didn't sell out their fucking soul and go buy themselves a championship. Yeah. All right. So what else is going on? Baseball, baby, baseball. I mean, the Sixers are up right now. They they were up by like you know fifth, 20, almost twenty points, and Boston came storming back. They're down by six at the half. The Celtics are, um, and then you know Steph Curry's back for the Warriors. Came back, he scored twenty three points yesterday. Came back, first shot was a three pointer. 
I mean, it's like he's never left. So, I mean, they're back. I think the Sixers should even up the series today. But Boston, what a job by Brad Stevens. He's coaching. Let's move on to the last subject, which is Major League Baseball. We've uh, we've been on the air long enough, and I just want to conclude with that. I know you have uh, some grievances to file against the Mets for their handling of their injured staff. Well, no, it's not grievances with the Mets. I mean, injuries are part. You know, I guess it's, I guess the Mets are just cursed. Uh, last night, Jacob DeGrom was throwing another gem like he does basically every night that he's out there. Uh, four innings pitched. He had, what did he have? He had six Ks, gave up a couple of hits. I mean, he was dominant. He had 40, 43 pitches only, you know, through four innings. And, uh, so he was at bat, his turn at bat, and he swung at a ball and missed it. And yeah, I guess something happened when he swung it. So act, so he goes out there on the mound. He tells the coaches that I felt something on that swing. The coaches, for some strange reason, let him go out there on the mound. Guess the two first guys out. Doesn't look like anything's wrong with them. Uh, somebody gets a hit. I think it's Marquette because he gets a hit. Uh, you see no really dip in his velocity. Velocity was still steady, like 95, 96 all night. And but when he came back in after the inning was over, uh, you could tell something was wrong. He whispered mm-hmm. something to the coach, uh, Island, and um, just stormed off into the dugout. And every Mets fan's heart just dropped, like, "Oh shit, here we fucking go again. The season's fucking over." You know, I don't know what's. I, I think we're just cursed. I think the Mets are just cursed. You know, he's three and zero this year so far. One point eight seven ERA, forty three innings pitched. 54 Ks. His whip is 0.99. I mean, he was having a great year. And uh, the news broke today that it's not as bad as we thought. Hopefully. You never know. This is the Mets we're talking about. In fact, they're saying that he might even have a chance to start Monday. Wow. So let's, yeah, so, so let's see how that goes. Yeah, every Mets fan thought for sure, you know, this guy was done for the year. Because that's what we're accustomed to. That's what we're trained to think. Because that's what's been happening in the last three, four fucking years. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, that's enough of the Mets. And let me, uh, by the way, they're not as good as people think they are. The hot start they were off to 11-1 and one was all smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of problems. The bullpen uh, is cracking. They're in there every freaking game for the first four innings. Uh, Matt sucks. Uh, Wheeler's been okay. Um, it's just uh, Noah, uh, Syndergaard, and DeGrom. After that, this garbage. It's, they all suck. Uh, this guy, they signed uh, Vargas. He got bombed the other night in San Diego, a fucking shitty team. He got bombed again today, you know, against Atlanta Braves, who are red hot. But let me talk about Ichiro. Uh, have you heard the news, Haas, about Ichiro today? Joining the uh, front office? Uh, the Mets front office. A Seattle's front office. Seattle's, I'm sorry. We're talking Mets, and I kept my head was on the Mets. And yeah, it's a natural fit for them to go to Seattle. I mean, that was where he came through um, right out of Japan, and it seems like, you know, it was a natural segue for him to go into the front office. I mean, he was there, he was with the team this year, but uh, today the news broke that he's going to go to the front office, and he hasn't retired yet either but you know this is amazing but some of the records that he has you know he he's the only player that won in 2001 he won the batting title rookie of the year and and american league mvp in the same freaking year yeah but you know that rookie of the year award wasn't really 
what I would say legit. I mean, it is legit. I mean, I mean, he it's, wasn't a new, rookie. it's a new league. You yeah, know, for him. Yeah, it's a new league, but he's he wasn't really a rookie. Um, he was I understand that. Having 2,000 hits in Japan, and then he comes out here, and he does the same thing here. And he's one, the, he's the first guy to ever have that, right, in two different leagues, have 2,000 hits at least? Uh, I'm not sure. I know he's well over 4,000 hits combined. Yeah. He's at, yeah. He had, I think, uh, let me see. I don't see it here. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm he, pretty sure it was like two leagues. Uh, he had 2,000 hits and all. But the, I mean, he still he got the rookie of the year because he was a rookie that year. He wasn't like your typical rookie, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, he, I mean, if you look at his stats, I mean, they're freaking mind-boggling. Uh, you know, the most hits in a single season. You know, um, ha- having 3,000 hits after the age of 27. You know, that's second most in the major league uh, major league baseball history behind only Pete Rose. You know, I mean, it's just obscene this, what this guy is doing. But, um, well, let's see what happens. He's saying he's not retired yet, so he's going to help the Seattle Mariners with, you know, fielding or, you know, uh, base running or whatever. But not a bad guy to have on your side, right? Yeah, no, I mean, he was also part of that 2001 Seattle Mariners team that won 116 games. Yeah, that choked. And they said, well, I mean, Luke Zell was the manager. What do you expect? <laughs> but uh, on to the Yankees, bro. They're the hottest team in baseball. Just took three out of four from Houston. They really did. They're coming back really hot. I mean, they're 21-10. and 10. And then the best thing is, as hot as they are, Boston Red Sox has just been, well, the last 10 for Boston has been 5-5. Five and five. It's their torrid start that has them at 22-8 and eight right now. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from, from before, their torrid start from the beginning of the season. Um, the Yanks are still one and a half games back, but they're nine and one in their last ten. They won three in a row, and I mean they should have won. They should have swept Houston. It was just you know um, a, a series of unfortunate events at the bottom of the ninth, and uh, Houston ended up winning that game, uh, the first game of the uh, series. But then the Yanks just came back and won the next three, and it, it's great. I mean Houston, you got them at the top of the uh, NL West, AL West at twenty and thirteen. Um, going into the series, they were, you know, at 20 and uh, 10 or 19 and 10 um, with that lone victory over the Yankees. So, I mean, that's another team. I, I thought Houston is was going to be uh, very, very likely to repeat uh, of any team. Over yeah, the last I agree. Few years. I agree because they're fully loaded in every in every every uh, you know offense. You know, uh, pitching pitching especially is up. Freaking crazy. They got some studs over there. But the problem, the Achilles heel, which was last year uh, shown as well in the playoffs, is their bullpen. Their bullpen sucks. Yeah, it does. I was surprised by, you know, you pointed that out to me that the bullpen wasn't great. And I thought pitching and defense are the things that win the sport, win championships in the stars uh, are great. Yeah. But the bullpen sucks. And you know, now it's a bullpen game. It is a bullpen game. It is. I mean, that's why the Yankees. In the years past, the last few years, Girardi was a master at managing that bullpen for them because the starters, yeah, I mean, you had young starters and everything like that, but you didn't have anyone to really write home about. It was the bullpen that came in, and if they held a lead, whether it was one nothing or you know 2-1 or whatever, because the Yankees didn't score that much at the time, they kept that lead intact. Right. Yeah. You 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 keep or you keep the you keep the score where it is. If you're down by one or two runs, you keep it there for three four innings, 
you let your offense come and come back and win. That's that's how Kansas City Royals did it as well in uh, 15 and 16. They had a, they had city starters. They would go five innings, but they had a, a lockdown pen that you cannot score on. So the pen comes in. If you got the lead, they keep it there. If you're down by a run or if you're tied or whatever, they keep a score right there. They don't let the other team score and gives your offense a chance to come back and win the game. Doesn't it remind you of the Mets of 86? The bullpen? Yeah, I mean, you know, back then it was more, you know, yeah, the game has changed since then. You're right. But, you know, back then you pitchers would go eight, nine innings routinely. But yeah. now the problem is these pitchers, they only go about six innings, seven innings. If a guy goes eight innings, it's a freaking miracle. Who goes eight innings anymore? Forget about nine. Doesn't, I, I remember think. they were workhorses back then. Now it's like, you know, that's why the bullpen and you have this category that they created. They There's created always freaking this. analytics bullshit. Yeah. Where they call it hold, and uh, I remember seeing it yeah, in two thousand and four or something like that. Or 2004. Yeah. I'm like, so fuck is a hold? But then what I realized is <laughs> a lot of these bullpens, you know, a lot of these pitchers who come into the bullpen, they need to have some kind of statistic when they don't get any saves. They're coming in middle relief, and yes, they hold people hitless or you know without runs or something like that. But uh, you know, they started giving them. Holds instead, and the more holds you had, the more money you made in the off season. Or right, especially especially now. Yeah, it's not just about closes anymore. It's the middle relief who are really really important, just as important as the closer because they're the ones who keep the game right there for two three innings until your closer comes in. That's exactly it. So you know, having said that, I think that you know, and, and you know, you just not having said that, you just reminded me. That yes, they were workhorses back then, but I think the Mets back in the day when they had, you know, the 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 pitching staff was phenomenal. Sid Fernandez, yes. Ron Darling, yes. Dwight Gooden of all people, you know, I forgot him. He should be number one on there. David Cohn, and then you had Jesse Orozco, I, I, that iconic glove throw in the air when they yeah. won Game Seven against, uh, you know, Mike Scott and Nolan Ryan's Houston Astros. What a what an epic series that was. I remember, but yeah, Jesse Orozco. Didn't Roger McDowell? Uh, wasn't he on that same staff at the same time as a Roger? Yes, he was there. Yes, of course. Yeah, Roger McDowell was there. He was a righty. Randy the Myers. And Randy Myers came on later. He came in 87 and 88. He was there. He was not on the 80-16. But, you know, the bullpen was, you know, you needed that bullpen. If you didn't have a strong bullpen, I don't think, I don't see the Mets winning the, uh, forget the World Series. I don't see them going past Houston in the NLCS. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like, but, yeah, but it's like different eras, though, because yeah. back then, like I said, your starting pitcher went eight, nine innings anyway. Yeah. And now they only go five, six innings. So now bullpen's more important now than it ever was before because these damn pitchers, they, they, you know, their arm starts to hurt after yeah, so 100 pitches, for God's sakes. That's my question to you. You had a guy like Nolan Ryan and Roger Clemens, well, Roger Clemens and Royds, but Nolan Ryan and a lot of these hard-throwing uh, lefties and righties, they were throwing heat. Dwight Gooden used to throw heat. Nolan, Nolan, Ryan, Ryan, Nolan Ryan at age 45 was throwing 95 miles per hour and he throwing no hitter at that age, at 45 years of age. Yeah, so how did they, what happened with the evolution of the arm of the pitchers that get, you have yeah. Matt Harvey Blowing out his arm with the racket, oh, whatever and, bullshit. And, how about it? How about it was like uh, yeah, a lot of partying. Let's talk about that. Oh, the guy, the guy has lost his mind. I think he doesn't care about baseball anymore. 
look, the guy was the NL All-Star Game starter in uh, 2015, you know, and uh, look where he is now, in the gutter. Uh, yeah, I know he's had the Tommy John surgery, but he came back strong after that. That wasn't a problem. He was great in uh, the following year after the surgery. Now, after this thoracic outlet surgery, which has derailed a lot of uh, careers, there's been there's a small sample, maybe 10 pitchers, who have done the same surgery, but they have not been the same after this surgery. Anyhow, his mind is not in the right place. I don't know what's going on in his head. You know, you've been you've been taken out of the rotation. Um, he didn't want to go to the bullpen. He begrudgingly went to the bullpen, and now he's still partying. What's going on with this guy? You're going to be a free agent. Why don't you get your act together? I mean, this is what he wanted to make money, right? So, this is what he's been talking about. Wanted to wanted to be a free agent and make this big mega money. Well, you know what, buddy, you ain't getting shit. You'll be lucky if you get a minor league contract. That's how bad it has, it has become. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, let's see what happens. Let's. I. I, I wish that he gets himself on track and, you know, either finds himself uh, pitching for a, you know, the postseason team or, of the Mets or something like that, or, you know, he just uh, ends up fizzling uh, he out. He like, coming back, bro. The guy's done, bro. He came in today, too, in the, from the pen. He gave up, like, four or five runs again. Well, let's see what happens. I, I just hate to see somebody go down like that, especially with an injury that can affect the rest of their careers. Yeah. Like that. And he's young still. He's still young, but, you know, when you party like the way he's been partying, uh, allegedly, you you put a lot of age on your life. You put a lot of years. So let's see what happens. But, hey, man, again, another great podcast. Awesome hosting it with you. Uh, great job as always. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, to all our listeners out there, you know, please hit us up. Twitter, um, NC17 Sports. Instagram, NC17 Sports. Email, nc17sports at gmail.com. We're available on all media outlets, podcasting, um, especially on iTunes uh, at the Apple Store. And uh, Anchor.fm is our host. Um, any, Just hit us up. Let us know what you'd like to see. Any questions you may have, we'll make sure we answer them um, on our next podcast. Uh, and it's been it's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for the support. If you guys are listening, uh, and any questions you guys have, want us to talk about any topics, please uh, shoot us an email, shoot, uh, hit up us on, on Twitter, like Ha said, or Instagram. Uh, until next time, thank you and take care. Peace. Peace. Mike Live. What up, though? Asheville, stand up. My mentality is who's the baddest. Take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Because I made it. We're quarter through life. My mentality uh. is who's the baddest. Take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm digging through the dumpster like a DJ with a crate Starving on a sweat and let this trash go to waste I'm underground like life, hidden in Mars mud This ancient art of rap, just collecting the stardust Change the town red, watch the White House fade to black God would shit a brick if he seen how the Masons act I'm not a preacher, son, that will recycle Bible quotes until Jesus come back Eventually, be the icebreaker if it's meant to be Give everybody glasses on board before they sit to see 
in one ear, run out the other. That's over your head like Doc coming out the mothership. Sell like six, symbol and crash like wait. Never say goodbye, I just wave back like hey. Blessed brethren, make sure of our time, otherwise we second guessing. God said, hit the cards, I do you. Now have fun on your journey to the I do you. I want to touch a person's soul like I feel you. And turn your life around, that's something that I will do. That live shit. My mentality is crumb, who's the baddest? Take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Cause I made it, one quarter to life. My mentality is crumb, who's the baddest? Take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Cause I made it, one quarter to life. My mentality is crumb, who's the baddest? Take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Cause I made it, one quarter to life. Shit.